Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Steady Focused. I'm your host. I'm your number one, Mr. Simeon Hendricks. And guys, uh, in this episode, we got something really great going on. We're bringing in a good friend of mine, Mr. Enrique Infante Jr. He's a United States Air Force veteran. He's a competitive strongman and powerlifter. And like I say, he's a, he's a good friend of mine. You guys have probably seen him in some of the documentary series that we've been shooting with Mike Badalino on his quest to become the strongest man in America. And so I've known Ricky for a long time, and I've just been really excited to kind of uh, peel the onion back a little bit and get to know him a little bit better and shine the light on his story. That's a little bit about what Ricky does. He is uh, he's a madman. Um, so I'm I'm excited to share and shine the light on him. Ricky, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. How about yourself? Awesome. How do you feel whenever you watch that footage of you pushing uh, yourself to the limits? So with that's what I think the third time you've been over. We're we're actually by the fourth time, I think, right? Yeah. So uh, it's always it's always fun when you're there. I, I don't know. It's just a, it's a different. Um, dynamic when you got someone it's not you have somebody watching but it's one of those where uh it gives you an extra little boost to kind of get through the, that day especially when you know you've been beat up throughout especially after this year this year's been rough on everyone i think mm. athletes freaking teachers parents with having people get their kids at home and trying to trying to do their job and teach at the same time so it's uh yeah. it's definitely something Ricky, give me, I, I'm just going to be kind of real transparent with everybody on, on this show. You know, I've, I've know a lot about you, but there's a lot that I don't know, you know, and I really like, I, I just want to have a conversation with you and really kind of, like I said, un unveil a little bit more about who you are. So talk a little bit about your upbringing. Like where'd you grow up? So I'm actually from a little town in South Texas named Kennedy. Um, it's out See, on 181, on your way down towards Corpus, if you get on 37, um, I think we're about an hour, hour away from San Antonio. Uh, both of my parents are from Mexico. Um, I'm first generation born here in our family. I'm the oldest in our family. I have uh, two brothers and a sister, my baby sis. I still call her my baby sis. She's like 31, I think, 30, and she's still my baby sis. Um, actually, my daughter reminds me a lot of her. Um, so when we're in a lot of trouble. But uh, yeah, I mean that's that. In short, that's what that's where I'm from. Uh, small town. Was into sports growing up. Into football, baseball. Um, okay. I was better at football than I was at baseball, but I, I loved baseball a lot more. Um, and, and just. And you had told me that at one point when you were coming up through your high school, you were talking collegiate football for a little bit. That was kind of on the table. It crossed my mind definitely. Uh, I, I I thought it was good enough for that but i was i was just too small i mean i, I think i've told you something about where you looked at our stats on, on in the paper and you know i think i was listed at like 5 10 230 pounds and I, at the time i might have 
on a good day, I was like five, seven and a half, five, eight, maybe. Yeah. 200, 210 padded up. So yeah, that, that, that wasn't a, that was definitely a dream, but it was a dream that uh, I guess you could, everyone kind of works to, especially when you're in high, especially high Texas, Texas high school football, you know, we all uh, work our butts off and, uh, and try to try to go to the next level. So then you, you graduate high school and you pretty much immediately went into the air force. Is that what happened or what happened after that? You're telling a story talking about you were uh, 17 years old and you got in a massive van wreck. Was right? Were you driving a van? Yeah, I was driving a mom's caravan. So one more time, tell me that story. So we went to go pick up my uh, uncle. He was there. And in short, I was making a U-turn and uh, from the shoulder. And I thought I checked everywhere and it was kind of on a hill. So I, I did the U-turn and this uh, older lady T-boned us. Um, completely spend us about almost 180. Uh, my younger brother got ejected. Uh, once everything kind of cleared up, he uh, got airlifted out to Corpus Christi. Um, somehow the only thing that happened to him was he, he broke a tooth completely in half and I think he just bled from his nose. Um, yeah. I think he got a little bit of whiplash. My, uh, my baby brother that was sitting and watching the car, I can still remember him saying, ow, 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 as that lady's coming towards us. And then me hearing the screeching tires and I'm trying to figure out where this is coming here and then just boom. And, uh, but yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's doing great now and we're all, we're all still here kicking. And so how, how do you, um, how do you deal with that? Did, did that kind of like, you know, eat you up? Like, did you beat yourself? Thank God nobody was hurt. I mean, right? I honestly, I, I, I do still carry it sometimes. I, I know he's fine and everything, but there, there is some times where I kind of think, Hey, if I want to, if that wouldn't happen, where would I be, right? And and we get to the to the point to where, um, how long do we dwell on things like this? Where is it? Is it healthy? Is it not healthy? Um, it did take me a while to kind of get over it because, like, even when I was driving as a passenger, I, I distinctly remember driving with dad, and dad, dad's one of those that he brakes at the last second. He loves testing his brakes, so when he comes up to a stop sign, he waits the last like five feet to step his, step on his brakes, and anytime someone would break, I I tense up and 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 get real nervous about things like that, but. Um, after after I left the Air Force, I, mean, I definitely had some pretty guilt that I felt kind of like abandoned them or I left them behind when they needed me and things like that. But okay, you know, it's one of those you you, you kind of sit back and think, did did you really do that or did you just you know saw an opportunity and had to move forward on it? And now that I'm older, you know, almost forty now, uh, I, I definitely saw this age. I just capitalized on an opportunity that was presented in front of me. And that was you going to the Air Force. Not me going to the Air Force. Yeah. So 14 years in the Air Force. What's um, what was some of the the big takeaways from that? And and would you do you recommend that somebody goes into a career in the military? I think if someone does not have a plan and or they've uh, they've exhausted every every avenue of if like say trying to go to school because there's plenty of things out there um, avenues to try to get money to go to school. But if you uh, it wasn't a bad thing me joining. Um, my intentions were never to serve 14 years. I think I just wanted to serve my six and and get out. But, you know, once my time came up, I kind of thought, well, I got a truck bill. I got this bill. I enjoy what I do. Uh, I'll keep going for it. I'm definitely, especially especially if you want a, a, a kind of a head start, I guess you could look at it. It was definitely a good head start for me. I I, I saw a lot. I learned a lot. I met a lot of great people. Um, and then... Uh, at the end of it, I, I got money for school. And I, I never thought I would go to school, 
but I definitely got enough money. I got what I got my bachelor's completely paid for by my GI Bill. My master's completely paid for by my GI Bill. Um, Mike is constantly on me. Hey, man, look into your doctor. Look into your doctor. And was, yeah. You know, um, it's, it's nice not having to do homework every day. That's for sure. But yeah, it's, never, it's never out of the question. Um, you just wrapped up your master's not very long ago, right? Last year, last year, yeah, and me, a little bit over a year ago. Yeah. Man, you got uh, a lot of people are commenting. I don't know if you can see the comments, but Roberto is commenting. Uh, Gilberto, Elo Eloisa that's is in there. Yeah. That's yeah. So, man, you got uh, a, a lot of people are saying, you know, uh, Gilberto, God was there for sure. Some witnesses on site let us all know. Man, I, I, I'm just going back. I'm playing that through my head, man. So it was you, your it, it was your whole family was in the van? No, it was uh it was me, my little brother Roberto, uh my my baby brother Tano Alejandro, and then my cousin Mario. And okay. the, uh, I think my parents had gone to a quinceanera or confirmation, but they're at church. I remember that. And uh okay. here, here's the weird part. So you know how people talk about outer body experiences and stuff like that? Yeah. So they told me that they told my grandpa. Um, somebody called my grandpa saying, Hey, go get Maria, which is my mom and tell her Ricky and the kids have been in a wreck. And I distinctly see my grandfather walking into church, him in his cowboy boots and his cowboy. And we go, Hey, this cowboy hat out. Cause he's inside the building. I can see him in his old denim, uh, Wrangler shirt and, and jeans. And I can see him walking up down the side aisle to go find mom and dad. It's, it's weird. And like, it, I didn't know that that had happened, but I, I distinctly see my grandpa going and, and and talking to my parents, let them know. And then of course mom mom and dad get into the scene and we were somehow still there. I mean it's a I think it was like a 20, 30 minute drive to where we were at. And they were they were there and I think they had just uh they had just taken Roberto away and uh, um, I remember my uh, my baby brother Connor getting mad because they wanted to put me and him in the uh, in the ambulance with the lady and he was he was pissed. And he's he's always been kind of a little hothead since he was a little kid. And I remember I distinctly remember him saying uh Hey son, you need to get into the into the ambulance and him say, I'm not getting in that van with that old lady. She hit us. Look what she did to my brother. <laughs> and those two, those two are like, I think about they're within a they're about 18 months apart. So those two are, are really close. Actually, all three of them are really close because they're I'm the kind of oddball out four years separated from, from the next one. But yeah, man. Wow. So so you go to the Air Force 14 years and then and so I'm guessing that's how you got to Wichita Falls was Shepard, right? Yeah. Okay, so you're at Shepard. How do you and Mike end up meeting? Uh, so let's see. This is my second time back here because um, I was here between 09 and 13 as a military instructor. Mm. And then uh, I got a call a little bit after I got out um, offering me a job to come back as a civilian instructor. And uh, so I took it and uh, I, th I started working out with a couple guys in, in the in the shop. And then all of a sudden I start seeing a bunch of these signs for an Elysian Fields, first annual Elysian Fields uh, strongman competition. Yes. So Mike and uh, so my buddy Brad, I think is the one that brought up. So, Hey man, they need volunteers to help load weights and things like that. Hey, uh, get with, with this, uh, Mike Badalino guy. And of course everyone sees his name and they kind of wonder how to pronounce it. Yes. Like, all right. He's like, uh, Hey man, I'm was actually in the locker room. He was getting dressed during lunch. So, hey, man, he's like, I'm, I'm Ricky, I'm one of Brad's friends. He said, you need some help this week and a couple weekends, you know. Yeah, man, here's my number. No, no big deal. Give me give me a call and we'll get you set up. 
All right. So fast forward to the weekend of the, of the Legion Fields, and I'm helping load and helping them unload and getting everything set up, right? And then uh, we're setting up for the car deadlift. Mm. It was a 270-pound keg that was thrown in the back end of the of the uh, of the Cavalier, the Cavalier. You've seen the Cavalier. Yeah, yeah. Went back in the trunk, and he kind of walks up to me. He's like, "Why aren't you competing?" Went, uh, I, don't, I don't know what I'd be doing. He's like, "Huh? Get with me afterwards." So we finished off the day, and we kind of went out to his place a couple more times. I don't think that was in. It had to have been in seventeen. Yeah, I was in seventeen, and I went out to his place to to. Uh, to train a couple of times because they convinced me to do the Highlander later that year. I think because you normally we hold it, we're holding it in October, I think, at the time. And so I did that comp. And then from that day, I said, like, hey man, I'm trying to trying to get a team a little bit more set up, get some people here working out at my place. I'm doing this to it. I mean, you saw how small the garage was before. And then just from that day, man, I was it was it was an escape for me. It was a much needed escape for me. Um, okay. Because I had to. I had left my family back up in Idaho at the time and was trying to get back into working. I'd always enjoyed working out. I never had any type of structure. And, and then finally uh, getting with him and having a little bit more structure, having someone to coach me and kind of work out a few tweaks that I had. And uh, a bunch of people tell me why, why uh, have asked, why, why, why do you do it? Why do you do it? Why do you do it? So how do you, how do you stay motivated? I forgot who I told you. I was like, man, it's like, you know what? It, training to get ready for a comp, is a lot different than training just to, like, say, lose ten pounds, or okay, or uh, or training to get in shape, right? I mean, what, what's the, what's that mean? Get in shape. What does that mean? But if yeah. you have, hey, I need to make two forty two by July or June of next year, I have a set goal. I'm getting ready for a comp. I know I have a weight I have to make, and it's it's a little bit more real. It's a little more tangible. Right? Mike always talks about smart goals, right? I think. And and that's that's one of those things that I think has helped me in in my fitness journey and in life in general, where where it's kind of made me look at things a lot differently. And uh, yeah, so it it, it it was a, it's a weird dynamic because I mean he's from Connecticut, I'm from from South Texas, and and it's it's it's, it's dynamic shouldn't work, but it, it does. Uh, I, uh, we kind of feed off each other. Uh, I know, especially when we're daily seeing each other, interacting with each other, we definitely would feed off of each other. And we always joked around. It's like we both can't have a, an off day because then that whole session just will get messed up. So if he has one, we we can kind of feed up, uh, kind of see each other. It's like, hey, all right, he's having a, a rough one. Whatever you had going on today, it, it didn't happen. All right, and vice versa. You know, if he, he noticed it. Um, and our workout sessions are weird because it's it's yeah, we're there training, but half the time we turn into these weird old weird talks that that uh, actually have nothing to do with lifting. You know, it's just about life in general and just about leadership about. How do we talk to people? How do we get awareness out to certain things that we both kind of feel strongly about? And I think that's why we 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 work so well because we do we do have a lot of the same train of thoughts and a lot of the same uh, ideas on how to how to kind of uh, not necessarily survive this this life but thrive in this life. We got um, people commenting. I just want to read some of these to you. We got Chris Schum- Schumacher. I, I believe that's how he says it. Schumacher. Uh, yeah, he was talking about that was a great day, and it must have been when you were talking about the Elysian Fields and, yeah. and the, the car. Brittany was asking, um, did you power lift whenever you were in school? My school was so small, we didn't have a program until I think after a year after I graduated. I would have loved it. I mean, it would have I think my brother, when they started the program up, I think he did it a couple of years, and he, I think he was like a 135 guy, 132 guy. Strong little turd. I mean, he's still. You talk about short and strong and stocky. 
That's a that's my that's my bro. We call him El Chaparro on top of El Trigue. Chaparro just means shorty. Yeah, I love it, man. I'm I'm not even gonna try and say it, but it sounds awesome <laughs> when you do. <laughs> man, I, you 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 mentioned your weight and using these goals to kind of navigate and and help guide your weight. That was one thing, a connection that I felt with you is, well, and even Mike, you know, like I think we've all been close to 300 pounds at one point, you know, I I don't know if you have, but I I think you've been at least at 280. I know Mike's been at 300. I know I've been close to 300. And, and recently, you know, you had dropped down for your meat, you dropped down to like 242. And that just inspired the shit out of me, dude, because just when I met you, I, I didn't, I never met Mike. I never met big Mike. You know, I, I only knew Mike at 232, whatever he is, whatever, but I knew Ricky as 280. And then, so just to see your drive and you go down to 242, I was like, man, you know that, cause we went almost opposite. I was like at 245, 250. I went up to 280, which I had, been there numerous times, you know, and then you came down and I was just really inspired by that. So yeah, man, I just talk a little bit about weight and where you're at right now and, and kind of at what weight you feel good. My bet, I think I feel the best and strong is probably 245. At 245, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting weights that I should be hitting. Um, I know I'm within a couple of pounds of meat weight, which is, is a matter of just like cutting a few things out. The week of, or even just the week of, just naturally, body would just flush a bunch of water out. Um, right now, it's even was I, I actually I haven't weighed myself in a while. I feel about two fifty six to two fifty eight. I know I'm bigger right now. Okay. Normally, it's it's weird. It's a weird cycle. I, I fluctuate twenty freaking pounds throughout the year just because of, during the winter time and things like that. But two fifty something now compared to two fifty something three years ago is a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. I and I use my uh, my my belt as a as a good indicator, you know, 250, two and a half years ago, um, I could get it down to like maybe the second prong. Um, now I can get into the fifth prong with no issue at 250, a heavier 250, 255. So, um, yeah, man. So for me, it's just, has been just being consistent. It, okay. what, one of the, I guess, positives of being here alone and not having the kids or, or the wife here living with me, probably the only positive is, uh, I, I don't keep any any of the stuff that I know uh, that I'll fall back on to all the sweets and stuff like that. Now, when I go up to OKC and, and stay with them, yeah, all that stuff's there, and I, I, I splurge. Um, but here, I just, I just don't keep the stuff here. That, that like I think I have to mention that to you. That my my discipline is that I won't buy the stuff. Um, there if you I go. Here, I'll know I'll, if I buy a pack of Oreos, I mean, that thing will be gone in a day and a half, two days. It's not right. It's I'm still it's a, it's a constant battle for me in my relationship with food. Amen. Amen, dude. Uh, Thank for me, man, completely. And uh, again, that's that's one of the reasons I was so inspired by what you were doing is because I knew you had dropped down. You were holding the line. And I remember I had dropped whenever Brittany and I had first got together. So I've been back in the lifting world maybe about three years, something like this, you know, and I, I came back, was lifting, and then I took almost a year off. And now I've been lifting again pretty consistently for about eight weeks, something like this. And, um, but yeah, whenever I came back and I, you know, the weight came off pretty easily. I wasn't even thinking about the weight and it, it trimmed down and 
I remember at one point I was talking to myself and I was like, man, I got this whipped. I'm never going to have to think about struggling with food again. How naive I was, yeah. you know, and then, uh, and then not very long, boom, I'm back up to 280 and I'm thinking like, what am I doing? You know, and just wallowing in self-hate and all this crap. And thank God that cycle's broken, you know, but I, like you said, you know, it's something that is in me that I'm going to have to take a look at. Um, I, man, it, it reminds me the food and all of this. I saw a, a comment that, um, who's the, who's the guy that plays Iron Man? Um, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. So he had one of his quotes was, yeah, I thought today might be a good day to have a drink. And so this was like back in October, something like this. I thought today might be a good day to have a drink. But then I realized I had plans for Christmas. And like, it's the same thing, you know, am yeah. I, am I going to get off the rails with my food and let it get out of control? So, um, so what's your next meet? You know, 20, 2020 was just crazy. Zero meets for you guys, right? I know you had like yeah, eight. I don't, we signed up for several, and it just it wasn't uh, wasn't worth the risk. Um, Mike had the uh, the arm lifting one. We're supposed to go up to the Arnold, and then that's when like that was you know patient zero started that day, and I still remember that day because like my wife was uh, out uh, for work in uh, in Ohio, and uh, on her way back she was. Uh, she got told that you'll telework it until we tell you otherwise. We decided, well, actually, we didn't decide. The Arnold decided, hey, no fans, no no non-pro competitors, and it just stayed to all the pro athletes that were going. And I think they even limited to just their their fans and coaches, or not fans, their family and coaches. And then after that, I think we were we were prepping for what were we prepping for? Oh, for nationals. Nationals. Yeah, right for nationals. Yeah, we're getting ready for nationals and thinking, hopefully, it's going to hold on. It's going to hold on. Willie uh, Wessel, the uh, the promoter, kept, hey, we're going to hold it. We're going to hold it. And then I think it was like two weeks prior, just, hey, guys, sorry, it's not going to work out. Those of you that uh, qualified and signed up already, uh, we'll honor those qualifications for 2021 and we'll give you a better date for 2021. So, um, and then I think we signed up for. Every little meet that was popping up, we were looking into it. We tried to go down to Austin. I think we we're going to go to Austin one weekend and do something down there. And then yeah. we decided at the last minute, nope, no, we'll just do it. I think you came that day and recorded that day when we were supposed to do the Austin. Yeah. And then, and then it, it was like everything went on lockdown. It was like yeah. state of emergency all over the place. And it was just nope. Yeah. The video, the video you did actually that led up to that. Uh, to to the corona and everything, you know, they literally you, you did a great job on kind of conveying on how I, at least a lot of the how I felt on how hey we're doing this and all of a sudden just everything hit in the face hey lockdown hey no you can't do this hey wear this hey don't do this oh man um, it was uh, crazy times I'm I'm trying to find uh, find that video if I could share it in in the story I'll 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 be looking for that you guys look it up uh, Mike Banalino COVID nineteen on YouTube. And um, you guys can can see that. Wow. So, what's your goals right now? You, what do you got coming up as far as events uh, on the events? Road? I think the only thing we have coming up is is, is focusing on nationals. Uh, I got quite a bit of gap to make up on the deadlift. Uh, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a fair presser, um, especially for a 240 guy. Um, not not like the pros or anything like that, but I'm. I think my uh, my comp weight for 
the axle, I think it's supposed to be an axle log medley, and it's supposed to be 280 and 300, a 280 axle and a 300 log. Um, I think wow. I hit a 280 log, 285 log, 280 log uh, a couple months ago, and that, that was fairly, I wouldn't say easy, but it moved very, very well. Um, 300, 290, somewhere in there isn't, isn't unfeasible for me. Hopefully, within by by next summer, I think. So if if, if I stay healthy, stay healthy. That's the that's the uh, the key part. Um, all the movement events of my grip is just I got these little hobbit fingers and hands that 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 uh, limit my grip strength. Um, we've been working on it. it's been like my kryptonite, and then the deadlift. The deadlift is definitely heavy. Um, I think that one video you just showed is the heaviest I have pulled ever. Two seventy or five seventy four. Yeah, which is awesome. And for the meet, for her nationals, it's 675 for reps. Oh, gosh. So what? You'll just take a zero? I mean. Uh, that's not the plan, but. Okay. You're just. I'll definitely go in there and, and pull and see where we end up. Luckily, okay. you can do all kinds of crazy stuff. Hitch, crawl under it, and squat it. If you yeah. Bench press. Yeah. Squat. Do whatever. Uh, wow. Yeah, so right now our focus is, you know, just get through the offseason. You've been doing the offseason program. And yeah. That's been brutal. I want to I kill Mike every time uh, I get up under the bar. Benching, not so bad. Squatting, okay. But uh, for some reason, my push press has been kicking my butt this, on this specific cycle. But, yeah, um, hopefully uh, it kind of clears up and we can, we can do something a little bit prior, but I doubt it. I think our main focus, and for sure Mike's, is, is uh, not to speak for Mike, but I think it is definitely get ready for nationals and, and do a good performance for nationals. Yeah, man, I, I agree. And I'm enjoying being part of the team and active with you guys during this off season and, and going for it. Do you, are you feeling like a lot of the guys are, and when I'm saying a lot of the guys, really I'm talking about Mike, our coach. I mean, I know we're supposed to be at an RPE seven. So if you guys that aren't lifters, you know, it's RPE seven is basically like how difficult is this on a scale from zero to 10? So you know, Mike says, hey, do it about at about a seven so you can get a few more reps. But some of what Mike's doing, it looks like he's hitting like a 10. And I'm like, am I supposed to be pushing harder? <laughs> so we actually talked about that a while back on, on how we'll, we'll start off and have prescribed the uh, workout or part of the program. And he'll be like, man, dude, it's like, I don't want to hear it. I'm going to hear it. Like, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. We know he's been working hard, especially on his push press to get that back up. Um, yeah. His pressing uh has a uh, normally takes has taken a good hit ever since he's dropped weight er, like everything else goes up and it's pressing not big hit but it'll take a bigger hit um but yeah uh it, especially right now when we're in week five we're yeah. definitely uh i i know i'm feeling it i'm getting tired it's, it's getting a little bit more today i think i had 235 for my uh, push press Ooh. and that was uh that was brutal it, yeah. it, it's still for me it's still i wouldn't say it's a seven i think it's what he has prescribed it's definitely closer to eight eight five Okay. It's just, uh, it's tired. I'm tired. It, it, those the, the tonnage adds up after a while. Yeah, it, I'm sure, man. And you've been nonstop just, I mean, I'm pretty much like a fresh chicken. Like I said, I had almost a year off and now I'm just coming back slowly, taking my time into it. Chris uh, comments and said, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there you go. We got Roberto is giving you a flex emoji and laughing. Joaquin shout out from South Texas. Yeah, Maria's. I love you, Tio. Uh, Stephanie Barnes is is in the chat. So uh, we got Joe is saying, "I want to see you bench and sign Johnny Cash at the same time." 
Some Johnny Cash. Oh, yeah, I've been, I've been, uh, see, I, I go crazy sometimes when I buy myself. I'll start singing. I think I was dancing oh, with the at one point. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have been posting some stuff with your dog and singing and stuff. You, yeah. That, that's good, man. It, it, it's, it, I, I, I think, uh, it, it's one of those just loosen up. I've been too freaking tight my entire life. And there you go. And then being away from the wife and the kids and just constantly, it, I guess I got to a point where, being mad all the time just sucks. Yeah, it it, it, it wasn't productive. Um, it's taken a while. Um, unfortunately, you know, we all think, hey, if I decide to make a change, it's going to happen overnight, right? And if we if we, uh, if we falter or fall back a- after you know a couple of months of doing something, we automatically get mad and, and at least I do. I get yeah. upset and give myself no leeway instead of just thinking, all right, hold on, let's, let's focus on what you did do right. Yeah, and then we can. So- we- uh, let's dig in on that, Rick. You're, you're, are you talking about you, you're, you go through a cycle of beating yourself up about why are you not doing better than what you should be doing? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think a lot of people do. A lot of uh, driven people do, and then I think it comes down to just, just motivation because you know, whether it be in, in, in the gym, whether it be with a family, whether it be at work, um, I think it all kind of ties together, right? Because uh, if you're if you have good work ethic in the gym, good work ethic at home, and and good work work ethic within you know your family, it, it ties together because you can pull from each one and help you to build something stronger with it, whatever unit you're specifically part of. Um, and that's something. Yeah, I, I I will go into uh, sometimes where I'm like, dude, what am I doing? What am I thinking? Come on, you know better than that. You should know better than that. Hey, you you said you weren't going to do that anymore. You suck because you did it anyway. But yeah. that, that's not really uh, that's not really constructive, right? All it's not. Stuff up on it's not. But it happens. It, I oh, get, yeah, I, I know that self talk, you know. But I think Mike is a great um, influence in our lives to in you know um, encourage us to not. We don't have to talk to ourselves that way, you know. Um, Cause I just, I, I hear those voices in my own head. And when Mike is talking to me, I, I almost feel like <laughs> a, a comfort, like, Oh, Hey, I don't have to think like that. You know, a reminder. It's, it's just a reminder, man. And which again, makes me think about we're fortunate that we have surrounded ourselves um, with a group, you know, a group to uh, you know, we have our family and then we've got uh, a lifting group where we can share and inspire each other. And, and it reminds me of that, you know, they talk about the five people closest to you and uh, how they influence us so much. And it just reminds me about the people that we surround ourselves with mean a lot to our mental health and our physical health and our well-being and, and the lives of our families and, and all of this. So just, making the choice to show up and be active in our own lives. And man, um, I mean, that's where I take a lot of my inspiration from is like just people around. I mean, I think the way a person's like mental state and and their drive, it has a lot to do with who they surround themselves with. I mean, if you you surround yourself around with shitty people, you're going to be unfortunately going to be a shitty person. Um, You stop being a shitty person whenever you make the decision to get away from those people. Um, My wife, she's been busting her ass, you know, forever since I've known her um, more stepping up when uh, we made a decision for me to come down here to Texas and, and take this job. It was, I mean, it was a great opportunity for me. 
hopefully get a set up for when she does finally retire from the Air Force. She's still in active duty. Okay. Um, but at the same time, you know, she, she wanted to keep her babies. So she, she's had the kids. She's been essentially a single mom and, and everything that she does for the kids, man, it's just, it's, it, it, I, I find inspiration with it. And I wish, and hopefully she's watching and listening. I, I, I don't tell her enough on how much she actually does inspire me and how much I, I, I respect everything she's done from you know the day one that we met. Funny story, actually, no one the first time we met. And you want to hear that? Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Oh, this was in 2004. I was, uh, I was TDY to uh, Lake and Heath, England. And now, uh, I, I hate to say it, I was that guy. Um, so every time we called back to the States to get status on engines and stuff like that, I kept hearing two names, three names. I kept hearing Laura. I kept hearing Meredith. I kept hearing Lucy. Like, all right, man, I got my choice of girls when I get back, right? So I get back, and then I think I'm on my R&R, and uh, my roommate had brought this girl over who was going to give her a ride to the airport. So I had a shaved head at the time. I had piercings everywhere. I was a little, actually was a little bit more cut. I didn't have the power belly. So, I, so the way she puts it is like she heard something stomping coming down, and I seen this girl, and I'm a sucker for curly hair. I don't know why. And she had her curly hair down. It was still like bleached from the sun because she used to. She was living in Hawaii before she joined the Air Force. And I seen her. I'm like, oh, who's this girl? So I tried talking to her. She wasn't having it. All right, whatever. Didn't think nothing of it. She, I think she was going on leave. She got back from leave. And then uh, I, by the time she got back from leave, the following it was that following Monday, I was off my R and R. I went into work and I seen her. I'm like, hey, you're that girl that was in my house this weekend. Uh, no, I wasn't. I don't know who you are. It's like no, yeah, you you were uh, you were there, John. My roommate was gonna give you a ride. Actually, shop say, hey, uh, you can't talk to Big Rick that way. And she's like, I don't care who he is, I wasn't at his house. It's from that moment, I'm like, yeah, yeah, this girl, this girl's, a, yeah, definitely, yeah, she's like one of the few people that would not put up with my with my crap. She still doesn't, still doesn't put up with. It's so important to have that in our lives, right? A, a strong woman who will call us on our bullshit. <laughs> she de she definitely does. Oh, I don't care definitely she does. But I mean, <laughs> our daughter is a, is is a, is as much as she probably won't, won't admit to it is is exactly like her. So she's got the the Meredith the temper or and the Meredith short fuse, I should say, and the, and the Infante temper. And boy, that little girl's gonna she gonna break some hearts and she gonna break some arms too. Yeah. <laughs> Break some hearts and break some arms. There, you, what more could you ask for of your <laughs> daughter? Oh man. Well, Ricky, man, that that's about what I got on the, you know, as far as on my list. So I'm just gonna kind of turn the mic over to you, and you know, any any final thoughts, anything you want to send out there into the world? Uh yeah, man. So I, I talked to tomorrow earlier, like you know, I I've never been one to actually care about what people thought, but I've cared about what I put out, right? Um, I try not to pull out, put things out that I don't believe in. Um, so I actually saw, sat there and thought, like, what, what, what do I stand for? What do I believe in? And it came down to uh, how I hold it, my leadership philosophy. If you take care of people, um, they will take care of everything that's around them, right? Uh, treat people with respect, treat people with dignity. Whether you agree with them, whatever, you know, political affiliation, religion, whatever, doesn't matter. If, if, you, uh, if you treat people right, they will, they will, they will treat you right. And I think Mike said it's something new, it's something that I hadn't heard, and I kind of thought about it, and it makes kind of sense. Uh, people talk about the golden rule, right? Treat others like you'd have them treat you. 
well, they may not like the way you are treated. So he, they came, I can't remember who exactly said, it. I gotta actually find you the reference, but the platinum room, treat people how they want to be treated. Mm. I, I think that'll go a long way. If, if we kind of start taking other people's uh, thoughts and beliefs into consideration and not squash them down just because you don't agree with them, let's just sit there and, t- and have actual dialogue with someone else. I think, uh, I think a lot of the stupid stuff that's been going on in the world will actually, will actually change. If we, we actually sat down and listened to each other and quit trying to speak for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we listen to what other people have to say and quit trying to speak for them. I think a lot of the issues will, will, uh, will kind of at least take a step in the right direction of, of, uh, of coming to some kind of mutual agreement and getting over all this craziness that's been going on. And wash that, your hands. Wash your damn hands. Well, and wash your damn hands. Yeah. I mean, it's that's so true what you're just saying because it's, I, I find myself, I'm replaying in my mind, you know, my life. And yeah, that when we meet somebody, it's very easy or when someone's talking to us to not so much think about what they're really saying and just, listen and be active but either think about what what i'm gonna say next or you know a million other thoughts what's going through my brain so yeah man i really like that you said that hey, man, it's, it's, we're all we're all struggling we're all going trying to survive not more not just survive trying to thrive through this world yeah and i think i think if uh, we just respect each other i mean it's, it sounds simple it really does it, it, it ultimately it is literally that simple if we just respect each other mm-hmm. all the stupidness of everything else going on will just kind of solve itself kind of like like uh if you take care of the people the mission will happen the people is what has to matter say that again if you take care of the people the mission will happen yeah so basically it's, it's a philosophy we have in it's the military overall each branch has their own special way of looking at it essentially um, if you focus too much on on completing the mission and doing nothing but that, sometimes you overlook how your people are and morale is, how uh, how rest they are if they're ready to take it on. If you take them on, if you train them properly, if you prepare them properly, got them the right equipment you need, the mission's going to happen because they are ready to to make things happen. And I think you can associate that with anything, not just necessarily military, but if you take care of your people, everything that's supposed to happen will happen. Hiccups are going to happen. That's just life. But yeah, I love it. So, guys, uh, on that note, we're uh, we're we're going to wrap this thing up. I just one one more time, just want to give a huge thank you to Ricky, Mister Enrique Infante Jr. for coming on and speaking with us and and sharing so openly about his life. You know, it's been great. Again, if you want to kind of watch a little bit about what Ricky is is doing, you can follow him on Instagram, Ricky underscore Pudge. Right? Am, am I saying that, Ricky? Is that is that your Instagram? Uh, Ricky Rick underscore Pudge eight. Rick underscore Pudge eight. Yeah, there you go. And you know, you guys can follow him, uh, check him out. And again, he is in Mike Badalino's documentary series as Mike. Uh, journeys to be the strongest man in America. Wow. It's awesome. So guys, if you want to find out, watch more episodes about steady focused, you can go to steadyfocused.com. You can relive the whole archive right there. We appreciate you guys, uh, Chris and Gilberto and Brittany and Joaquin, Toby, all you guys just thank you so much. And until next time, I'm your host. I'm your number one, Mr. Simeon Hendricks. And this is Steady focused.